I'm John Smith. Welcome to Kingdom Real. And tonight we have a very special guest. My dear friend, my brother, Dr. James Stokes. Good to have you here, brother. I'm glad to be here, my friend. Oh, that's so cool. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit of your family of origin and what it was like in the family you grew up in. Um, well, I, I am a twin. I have one sister that's a year, about a year and three months ahead of me, and one sister about a year and three months behind and my brother. brother that's right alongside right. <laughs> 20, we're 20 minutes apart 20 and minutes my mom and dad uh, my dad is from uh white cloud michigan my mom's from saginaw michigan okay and they shared the same pastor he pastored in saginaw pastored in white cloud oh no kidding and the two churches sometimes would merge together for a, like a fellowship service yeah. and that's how they met wow and so they got married on a sunday night after service and you know, some years later, the four of us come along and born in Grand Rapids, lived all my life, you know, yep. uh, graduated from Creston High School, went on to uh, the community college, uh, and then from there went to uh, uh, International Seminary okay. in Plymouth, Florida, and then got married <laughs> at 21. I got married at 21. I did too. 21. It works, doesn't it? It does. If you pick Unless the right your person. kids are 21 and you think, oh, no, you're not ready. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so then after a few years of marriage, I decided to go back and finish up my degrees. And uh, and here I am, man. I, wow. I, you know, 56 years old. Okay. Still a young man. Still young. And, yeah. And I'm, I'm having the time of my life. That's great. Having a time in my life. Just curious, I have younger brothers, 13 years younger than their twins, and they are totally opposite, totally different in every way you can imagine. How about you and your twin? We are. We, we're kind of, I'm the quiet one. Okay. Believe it or not. Uh -huh. My brother is the one, always been the one that, uh, we're 20 minutes apart. Um, we, I'm the oldest. Okay. He's, he's younger than me. And he's always been the one to come in the room just command the presence of everybody you know he will really work the room okay i'm the guy that's sitting over in the corner you know just you know taking survey of everything mm -hmm. and even to this day he's very outgoing very and i'm kind of reclusive i am i'm, re I'm reclusive as it relates to uh crowds i deal with crowds because as a pastor you have to you know you deal with people and you meet sure. people yeah. and i can be cordial but given the chance to slip off I'll do it every time you know mm -hmm. so we're po really polar opposites mm -hmm. and that's our but personality you're both pastors, right? but we both are pastors yeah, yeah he wow. pastors in Kalamazoo right he lives in the Portage area mm -hmm. but uh, pastors in Kalamazoo yeah. I remember going down and seeing his church and, yeah. and stuff yeah oh yeah. that's great that's great yeah. oh my goodness so well what would be maybe a, one of your favorite childhood memories oh man I, there were so many there were so many one of the things I remember the most, which really imprinted my life as an adult, was the sense of community we had in our in our our neighborhood. Okay. I mean, there were there were about f probably six or seven families um, within the general one or two blocks that all of us were all the kids were around the same age, maybe two or three years. Oh, how fun! Different. So we had a just a huge plethora of 
guys to play with and just, you know, play football in the streets mm -hmm. and play baseball and basketball. Yep. And it was a real sense of community that we all grew up together. The parents all knew each other. Mm. Um, and then just support that we had from our parents. Yeah. You know, my parents, uh, even though my dad was a pastor and they pastored the church, but they still had time to support us in everything that we did. Mm. If we, They supported us from guitar lessons, piano lessons, uh, basketball practices, baseball practices, anything we wanted to do, okay. they always found time to support it. And, oh, and awesome. for me, that's, I mean, you, you can't pay, you can't pay for that. I mean, that's, you can't put a price on that when it comes to young people and the impression that it makes oh, yeah. as well as the, the sense of support and the sense of security when your parents are always there supporting you in the wings. Mm -hmm. and, and, I mean, I, I guess that's one of the things that I, that really sticks out with me the most. Yeah. Um, and we try to do that with our daughter. Well, we have done that with our daughter and even some of the young adults and young uh, high school and mm -hmm. middle school kids sure. in the church. Okay. You know, we carry that same thing over in the church and we just try to make sure that we're supporting them mm. and the parents yep. and, uh, you know, we just we just try to pay it forward in that way. I mean, it, it had a huge. My wife also she ran track, and okay. her parents were there. Even though they did ministry stuff, they always found the time, mm -hmm. you know, to support us in the personal things that we want to do. So, and that, that that's one of the, one of the one of the huge memories that I had as a mm -hmm. child, just the, the support from my parents in the in the neighborhood. Wow, wow, that's great. So, you've been a pastor for quite a few years now. Uh, 22. 22 I'm on my years. 22nd year wow. pastor. I've been preaching for 35 years. Okay. And uh, pastoring for 22 of those 35 wow. years. Oh, so, awesome. yeah, I just counted, uh, counted it up yesterday. I was like, man, I've been pastoring I've been for. been doing this a while. Yeah. <laughs> my dad turned, he retired in 2000. Okay. And uh, put the church, <clears throat> and I assumed the ministry in 2000. Okay. And uh, so that's the difference between preaching and then pastoring. Huge difference. <laughs> Huge difference. Like, like, what did you experience? The difference. Um, it's preaching. I mean, with, without without all of the responsibilities of the delegation of the day to day mm -hmm. uh, ministry of the church and the, the, what you need to do to counts payable, counts, uh, uh, you know, paying the bills and mm -hmm. accounts receivable and, yep. and then managing and leading people. Oh yeah. You know, yep. that's a huge responsibility. Mm -hmm. And as a, as a, as a local minister at the time, I mean, I didn't have to deal with all of that, but when, when you, you assume, uh, you, you, you pick up the mantle and you assume mm -hmm. the responsibility of the entire ministry, the right. weight of the ministry, um, it becomes very real. Okay. You know, it, it becomes, it becomes very real. Um, you, you can, there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about in the burden of the Lord. I believe it's, I believe it's in Isaiah. It might, it might be in Isaiah where it's in the, the burden of the Lord was mm. upon him. Okay. And so you feel the burden of the call, you, the, the burden of the, of the position, okay. the burden of the office mm -hmm. of the pastor. And when I say burden, I don't mean like it's so cumbersome, so heavy that I can't do. I mean the responsibility, the weight of the office. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, you feel that so much more when you step in. As a matter of fact, 
couple times when I first started pastor, I remember um, somebody, you know, was trying to get my attention. He said, Pastor. He said, Pastor, I'm, I'm looking around. I said, where's the pastor? And they said, it's like, you, you. I was like, oh, oh, my God. That's right. I am the pastor. Because, I mean, it's something that you have to get used to. Mm-hmm. And then you have to get comfortable in that position. Yeah. And, then, and then you have to understand the position. You know, and then you have to know how you fit in that position and your ideology of how you see ministry, what God has said to you. But so it's, it's a huge thing, and it takes a minute. It takes a little while to, to grow, a couple of years to really really find your niche, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because my dad, you know, he was pretty much old school, pastor, old school, and I had all these different ideals mm. about, you know, ministry, um, and, and and so for me to, you know, to for me to put uh, input what God had put inside mm-hmm. of me and now yeah. implement it in this sure. ministry, it, tra- it took a while. It t- probably took about ten years to really see good transformation. Okay, uh, because uh, you know people really have to trust you first. Mm-hmm. They have to know that they can <clears throat> trust you. Right, and that takes a while. They have to earn their trust. And so twenty two ye- years later, we we grown. We moved to a new location. Mm-hmm. And um, God is, man, doing some really specific things in our ministry that he's blowing our mind. He he really is. And so I'm excited about uh, where we are and where Mm -hmm. we're going. That's great. That's great. If you were to think back of your deepest, darkest, most difficult experience you've been through as a pastor, what comes to mind? I, as a pastor, um, I, I'd have to say it was uh, during the time that um, it was the time that we met. It mm-hmm. was when we met. Yeah. You you emailed me. Um, we had a, a murder in our in our church, mm-hmm. not in the church building, but a member of our member and our of our, our congregation was murdered by another member in the church. Wow, it was devastating. And uh, yeah, I read about that in the newspaper. Yeah, the initial shock. I, I, I never dealt with anything like that. I never experienced anything like that. We never saw it coming, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it was all in the news, all over the news, all in the paper. And I, I was at the church, um, and you emailed the church. I did, and you said, "Hi, my name is John Smith." I read about your story in the paper. I remember it verbatim. I read about your story in the paper uh, while I was passing in New York. I went through something similar. Mm-hmm. I think you said, um, uh, if you'd like to talk, here's my number, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I called you. I think it was a day later or maybe two days later I called you. Mm-hmm. You introduced yourself to me. And um, you began to really walk me through the process mm-hmm. of it because you had been through it before. Yeah. And you told me, matter of fact, you told me that the case was pretty similar. Mm-hmm. To, a lot of similarities. To, to what we, so I mean, you, you knew what to do. Um, and it was, it was very helpful mm. because I, I was, it was 2008. I had just started passing 2000. Wow. So we were just really getting going good. Mm-hmm. Reestablishing the culture of the ministry, right. we were just you know we had a good quorum of young adults, and then this happens, 
she was 24, 20, 23, 24, maybe, mm. maybe 25, somewhere around okay. there. Her name was Mashonda Griffin. Mm -hmm. And uh, long story short, um, she was murdered by um, the husband of one of the ladies that she had befriended in the church. Mm. This guy had just been recently released from prison. He did 15 years uh, for armed robbery. And uh, and he uh, come to the church, and and in my mind, you know, ministry to me, ministry is all about a second chance, another chance. Yeah. And so, um, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, this guy did his time. Um, he paid his debt to society. Mm -hmm. If he can't get another chance anywhere, he should be able to get another chance in the church. Right. You know, so he joined the church. And he was doing well. He he got a job. He was he married. He was doing well, and I, I guess, you know, I guess you know. I, I think about this often. You know, you and I. If money gets tight, we think, okay, I got to get another job. Right. But a person who has a criminal mind. When money gets tight, they think, hey, let's go rob somebody. Mm -hmm. hey, let's go steal. It's, it's all in the perception, of their life's perception, and probably their, all their, their background, their mm -hmm. environment, which they grew up in. All of that plays a part in how you sure. process the issues of life. Mm. Um, but uh, long story short, he had been married, doing a good job, construction. He, he and his wife got a nice car, but... He saw one of the ladies in the church that he could manipulate. He started manipulating her mm. and started dealing with her in other ways uh, that he should not have been. Left his wife, left his home, started manipulating her, living off of her. And then eventually money got tight. All of a sudden he thinks, let's, let's go rob some. And their mind, in his mind, he and the other lady was going to mm. rob people until they can get enough money to buy guns and they was going to start robbing banks and stuff like that. Oh my goodness. It was just horrible. And then all this was going on right under my nose, which that's a whole nother story. But, he, but you didn't suspect it either. Not nothing. I, I understand. <laughs> my situation, I didn't either. I just yeah. didn't suspect it at all. And Mashonda was the uh, accounts payable, accounts receivable. She was the secretary. She paid all the bills. Mm -hmm. He knew that. And I guess he figured that he could gain access to the church's money through her. Okay. So he comes to her house and he asked to borrow some money from her. She, 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 and then she worked in finances. She worked at GMAC Mortgage. Okay. So she did loans. She did stuff. So she, mm -hmm. was, she was good with money. She always worked in finance, <clears throat> did all of that. So um, I guess he went there with the pretense of borrowing money. Um, and he wound up robbing her. But how do you rob somebody you know? Yeah. And so he wound up, robbery turned into murder. And uh, he murdered her. Wow. And then stole her ATM card in her car. They had him on the bank cameras. They had it. He was caught within two days, they caught him. Mm. Uh, just, just, a just, you know. So it was a real bad thing in our church. It was all the women were afraid. Everybody was afraid. And it, kind of put a stain on our ministry. It was all over the paper, all over the mm -hmm. news, oh, yeah. all over the state. 
and uh, and you met with me and you walked me through that uh, so so strategically because mm. I had never experienced anything like that. Wow. They don't and train you in Bible school or seminary or they anything. They train you for trauma like that. <laughs> no. And so you know, I I then became like a mother hen to the church. Mm-hmm. I gathered everybody under my wing. I specifically told everybody not to. Uh, talk to the media because the media was swarming around the church mm-hmm. wow. services and everything told everybody don't talk to the media I'll handle the media mm-hmm. I'll deal with this I dealt with the police I dealt with the detectives I dealt with everything and it was exhausting mm-hmm. you know and but like you say they don't teach you this in seminary they don't you can't find how to deal with this in the manual then one thing I learned through this John is that people have a life that they want you to see in in the church realm Mm -hmm. and then people have a life that they don't want you to see they covertly live those lives and i I found out that that uh, and not everybody but some people Mm -hmm. um and and sometimes that life that they don't want you to see will overlap into the life it'll spill over Mm -hmm. into that other life and and he was pretty much living a, a a double life and it was it was devastating for us to have to deal with that um it, and i remember it was 2008 because it we was dealing with the funeral stuff around the time uh president obama was about to be uh sworn in election right. time yeah. elect elected mm-hmm. uh, and so we had to deal around the election date and voting day and all all of that so um i remember it was it was around mm-hmm. that time so um yeah it was pretty dark it was pretty dark um to have to see her parents, her 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 family, because um, Mashana was just a wonderful person. Yeah. She was just a wonderful person. And mm-hmm. For to have to deal with that, going to view the body, and 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 just telling the story and dealing with the trauma in the church. Mm-hmm. The church was just devastated. People were just devastated, yeah. you know, because uh, there was no rhyme or reason. There's no reason why that should have happened. Yeah. And so to have to deal with that. To have to deal with that and to have to um, navigate through that, it was pretty dark. Yeah. It was pretty dark, yeah. you know. But my friends rallied around me. They prayed for us mm-hmm. and, and they supported us. Yeah. And uh, it was and it was during a time also that I remember that it was during a time where I said, "Okay, I'm I'm getting tired here. I was starting to wear down a little bit." So I had previously set up about four weeks. Mm-hmm of people coming in to preach because right. my wife and I was going to take some time off. Mm-hmm. Had no idea what was coming, yeah. that I needed those four weeks. Mm-hmm. We, after the after the funeral and stuff, we needed those four weeks. So, yeah. Yeah. so, I remember one of the things that we talked about was giving yourself permission to grieve. Yep, I remember that very well. Yeah. You told me to allow yourself to feel what you feel. Don't stifle your emotions. Don't mm-hmm. try to be strong. And I learned a valuable lesson <clears throat> from that. I really learned a valuable lesson, and I still carry carry that to this day. I tell people when they're when I walk people through grieving, even when my own parents died, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you know that that those emotions comes in waves, ebbs and flows, mm-hmm. and and I did not stop myself from feeling what I felt. I was true to my emotions, and I shared that same thing with my siblings. It's okay not to be good today. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's 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 okay <laughs> yep. that uh, be real. yeah. It's okay, and I've learned that to myself. It's okay to just call it, 
I'm not coming in today. It's okay. As a matter of fact, it's healthy. Yeah. And I learned that. I learned that from you. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So, you know, when you, when you look at something like that, that could have destroyed the church. And yet now, these years later, you're reporting that things are going well, new things are happening, creative things and stuff. So it would seem like we have to give God a lot of credit. Absolutely. For what Absolutely. he did to that yeah. whole situation. And yeah. What the media was saying, what people were saying, and rumors I'm sure were flying. Yeah. And, and yet God was faithful and saw you through it. Yeah. Yeah. To God be the glory, man, for the things that he has done for our ministry and even in our personal lives. Uh, it was hard because I remember uh, my wife and I, when we even when we went to go vote, mm. um, uh, and I think we set the funeral for that that Friday after that Tuesday voting day. Okay. And so even when we went to go vote, um, we saw people point at there he is right there 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 he goes there they are right there. Mm. Yeah, I heard about that and you know. And it just kind of put a stain on our ministry. We felt like, we felt like, I didn't feel it, not that we felt like it, it actually happened that where the membership had dropped off. People mm-hmm. were scared. Sure. Yeah. The money going to be next. You know, yeah. And even though they had him in custody, even though mm. the whole thing was wrapped up in a matter of about a week or two, it was, it was just, it put a stain on our ministry, you know, but it, that's, it's, that could happen anywhere, any town, USA. It, it, yeah. It's, People are people, and sin is sin, and we have corrupt people everywhere, mm-hmm. you know. And so it was really dark. It was really dark, but we learned to navigate through uh, uh, trials and tribulations, and mm-hmm. and uh, it's just life, man. Yeah, it's just people it are people, and we we deal with everyday life stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Did it change anything in you about how you do ministry or how you live life? going through that experience it did it it, it did it changed a lot we, we're a lot more aware now of okay. uh, positions uh, we're a lot more uh, I put a you know we got a lot of policy and procedure in place now mm. for new members mm-hmm. new this uh, sure. new membership we got a lot of things on record now um, that we didn't have at the time I mean I was eight years in yeah. And a lot of stuff I hadn't learned yet. Right. Uh, but we got a lot of policy and procedure in now that's that's uh, th- that helps safeguard a lot of things. Okay. We do background checks on uh, not the new members, but anybody we bring into the ministry mm-hmm. uh, as ministry positions. Of the, sure. yeah, we do background checks and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it just taught me to keep my eyes a little bit wider open, okay. look for things. You, you know how as as a, you know you have uh, experience in counseling, but you know how to hear what's being said. Yeah. But you also know how to hear what's not, not being, being said. said. Exactly. You, you know? got to listen really carefully for that. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. so and so it's taught us how to do that. Be more aware and depend on the guidance of of God and the Holy Spirit. Man, it. You know I, I'm so much more mature. Mm-hmm. As you can see, my gray yep. hair. <laughs> I'm so much. Oh man, I'm so much more mature as it relates to ministry. Made some mistakes. I was thinking about this today, man. Made some mistakes along the way, mm-hmm. but learned from them. Yeah, you know, and just loving on God's people, man. That's our focus in ministry now to love yeah. on people, no matter where they are. My guess is you probably ministered to Mashanda's mom. I did. Her brother. I did. Yeah. I did. What was that like? 
Uh, it was hard. It was hard because they loved her. She was so she was she was she was easy to love. Mm -hmm. She does so many. She had did so many things. She was the kind of person that everybody was proud of. Yeah. And your could, girl, your daughter was really close to her, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so she 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 was easy to love. She was easy to be around. She was could articulate words. She she was a wordsmith. She liked oh, big okay. words and mm -hmm. how to you. And so uh, ministering to her family was hard. Mm -hmm. um, but we memorialized her name. Uh, we started a um, uh, college uh, scholarship fund in her name, okay. and we carried that out for almost ten years. Uh, so, uh, as a matter of fact, we were purging some files at the church the other day, and we ran across some brochures and some. We some, did golf outings. I planned to field the golf outings. Yes, yeah. we did. Yeah. Cecil Murphy came and spoke at our first. Well, Remember, right. yes. you were you were there. Yeah, it was. I saw your name on the program just yep. the other day. <laughs> so, um, so this interview really is coming full circle. <laughs> to how we really first met mm -hmm. 14 years ago. Yeah. So, um, but it, you know, they, they, things are better now. Things yep. are good now. We're in a good place and God is moving, showing it. Even at, at that time, God was showing himself yep. real to us. Uh, so we're good now. And some of the wisdom you've gained, you certainly have helped me in your role as vice president of the board of directors of pastor care. Yeah. And so you've been able to really guide and direct um, a lot of things that we're involved in we're doing and we're just very very thankful for that I, I love it I love you and I told you a long time ago anything you ask me to do I'm going to do my level best to do it mm. um, because you showed yourself to be a friend to me at a real pivotal pivotal and dark moment in, in, the, in my ministry career yeah. and um, you just you just came in man and just befriended me you didn't ask anything from me you know, and then one day you asked me to serve. Oh, I said, yes, whatever. Mm -hmm. And anything that I've been able to do since then, man, I, I love it. I'll do anything I can for you, John. I remember calling you on the morning of the inauguration of President Obama. Yeah. Says, what are you doing today? <laughs> and we watched it in my office on the TV. We did. We did. Never in my lifetime did I think I'd see this. I remember I, hearing you say. And you yeah. brought Subway subs. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, as we, we kind of wrap this up a little bit, if you were to summarize the message of hope that God has given you personally that you can share with the world, what would that be? Man, life is short and make every moment count. Since my, my mother passed in 2013, my, my father passed in 2018, they shared so many life uh uh, so many life stories with us they shared so many godly principles mm -hmm. it, it, it helped us to make so many core choices in life and that's the one thing that that they they left with us to treat everybody right everybody fair mm -hmm. we're all God's people and when they died man I just life is short and I, I made a promise to God I was going to be a better pastor I was going to be a better husband a better father a bro better brother a better uncle I was going to be just a better version of me and and to just make sure that I make every moment count man and mm -hmm. and shine light in somebody's uh, somebody's circle that that's my goal in life that's my goal in life that's great well thank you so much for being here my pleasure my love friend. you brother I love you too man all right well I'm John Smith thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Kingdom Real can hardly wait to see you next time.
God bless. <laughs>